Well, folks, Jerry Adams and Shaw Arish, Augustia Divsha Gulyar. I don't know if you've been watching the brouhaha over the effort to save Moore Street and the work that's been done over many, many years by many people. But Saturday week ago, the Moore Street Preservation Trust called on very short notice a rally in Moore Street and that followed on the decision by the Dublin City Planners to get the green light to redevelopment plans by the British-based developer Hummerson for Moore Street and its environs. And the rally was called in response to that. And if you don't know the Moore Street 1916 battlefield site, it stretches from where Tom Clark's shop was on Parnell Street, down O'Connell Street to the GPO, to Moor Lane and Moor Street, where the GPO garrison retreated, up to the spot where the O'Rahilly died, and to 16 Moor Street, where five of the seven signatories of the proclamation, Sean McDermott, Podrick Pierce, Joseph Plunkett, James Connolly, and Tom Clark held their final meeting. Hugely important site, a hugely important event. And yet over a 100 years since the rising, there is no fitting memorial, no fitting celebration, no appropriate, uh, I suppose, educational and information. In fact, it's not marked at all at all in any appropriate way. And this is the site which was described by the National Museum of Ireland as the most important historic site in modern Irish history. And successive Irish governments have failed to protect and preserve Mare Street and its 1916 history. And on the contrary, Michal Martin particularly and others have publicly endorsed the developers' proposals which would see most of the 1916 historical quarter destroyed by the developers' bulldozers. James Connolly Heron, the grandson of James Connolly, on behalf of the Moore Street Preservation Trust and the relatives of the signatories of the proclamation, described the decision by the planners as another significant blow to the unique heritage and irreplaceable architecture of Dublin. Now, the Moore Street Preservation Trust has brought forward its own plan for the development of the battlefield site. And the Trust is committed to appealing the planner's decision and to promoting its plan for the positive development of the battlefield site. And on Monday last, to help to fund this campaign, the Moore Street Preservation Trust launched an Easter raffle. And the prize is an original Mauser rifle smuggled into Ireland in the host gun running in 1914. And the rifle has been very kindly donated by Pat O'Hagan, an eminent collector of historical artefacts from the period 1901 to 1923. And this is a, an antique firearm 
manufactured before 19, Gomelesco before 1898. It's for display and ornamental purposes only. It's a condition of the seal that the winner of the raffle agrees that this historical artefact stays within the island of Ireland and it will not be sold, loaned or rented to any person, organisation or private enterprise not resident within the island of Ireland. And the details of where the raffle can be bought is on the Moore Street Preservation Trust website at www.facebook.com Moore Street Trust. So support the campaign to save Moore Street, support the campaign to have it properly developed and help to preserve the iconic and hugely important uh, 1916 historical site. And buy a raffle ticket and maybe you could own an original 1914 host gun running Mauser rifle. So the very best of good luck and thanks to everybody who turned up at the rally and thanks to everybody who over a long time has campaigned for this very, very, very important issue. And then, you know, as as I do these podcasts, probably the age that some of us are at, uh, we get news that uh, friends have died and the death of a very good friend of Ireland and in his own right and in his own struggle, a very, very outstanding lake, a, a warrior, died recently. And that was Clyde Bellacourt, thunder before the storm, a native American. And that brought me back to when some of us stood in the emptiness of Milltown Cemetery on a very cold January when there was a sense of snow in the air and when it was just the sound of a drumbeat and then the chant echoing across the Republican plot and I was there and Alex Maskey was there and Margaret and Alfie Daugherty, the parents of Kieran Dock, hunger striker, and Jim Daly, the husband of Miriam Daly, a, a member of the Hitzblock National Smash Hitzblock Armagh Committee, who was assassinated by the UDA in 1981, and others, and including Maura MacDonald, the sister of another hunger striker, Joe MacDonald, and we were all moved by the simplicity and the spirituality and the symbolism of what our Native American friends had brought to the graves of our patriot dead. And they were there in a delegation from the Native American uh, movement, AIM, American Indian Movement. And they were in Ireland, to use their own words, to see the situation political and cultural and the delegation led a wreath at the Republican plant and chanted the national anthem of AIM to the beat of their drum. 
And their purpose in travelling to our island was to forge solidarity, to make a connection between two struggles for freedom. And Clyde was there. He was a co-founder of AIM in 1968. It was established to highlight police violence and discrimination in housing, education and employment against Native Americans. And as he said himself, like the Irish people, we have had to fight against cultural genocide. The day after our visit to Milltown, the delegation travelled to Derry, where they took part in the Bloody Sunday commemoration and laid a wreath at the monument for the 14 people killed by the Parachute Regiment. They also held a spiritual service at the Bloody Sunday Memorial and they sang and played their drum in remembrance of the civil rights dead. And Clive Gomeleskill Clyde explained that they'd come to pay respects to people who'd given their lives for peace, equality and liberty in their homeland, the same aspirations for which American Indians are struggling in our homeland. And they also took time later to visit Republican POWs in Armagh Women's Prison and in Long Cash. They were representing the Dakota, Lakota and Anishinaab nations. And Clyde has written of his experience here and of the experience of his own people. Indian people had no legal rights centres, job training centres, community centres. No Native American studies, programmes or Indian child welfare statutes. We were prohibited from practising our spirituality. It was illegal to be in our country. And our movement changed all that. So I was reminded of all of this when news broke that Clyde had died at his home in Minneapolis. He was 85. In a column on a podcast several weeks ago, you may recall I appealed to the US President Joe Biden to release Leonard Peltier on Compassionate Grounds. And Leonard was a friend and a contemporary of Clyde. They were both involved in the occupation of Wounded Knee to highlight the plight of Native people. Two FBI officers were killed during that incident and Leonard was convicted in 1977 of their murder, a charge which he has always denied, and he's been in prison now for almost 45 years. In 2006, Leonard spoke of the similarity and empathy between the Irish and Indian struggles. In words that Clyde would surely have endorsed, he said, when Bobby Sands died on May the 5th, 1981, Millions of people from around the world joined their voices together to condemn the British government that allowed him to perish. I joined my voice to theirs. I fasted in solidarity with the hunger strikers for 40 days during that dreadful year. Fasting is something that I have done many times when I was a free man while participating in our sacred sun dance. The sufferings of our relations in Ireland are pains that we as Indian people know all too well. Our suffering, our fasting, our struggling link us together with a common bond. That is why I say to you, there in Ireland, you are my relatives. As your relative, let me join my thoughts, tears and prayers with yours 
as you commemorate your fallen, especially those who died in hunger strike in 1981. My family and your families, my pain and your pains, my people's struggle and the struggles of your people are all connected. We truly are all related. And Bobby Sands knew this. In his amazing poem, The Rhythm of Time, Bobby remembers, it died in blood on buffalo plains and starved by moons of rain. Its heart was buried in wounded knee, but it will come to rise again. Clyde Bellacourt also understood this affinity that grows between people who offer repression and who suffer repression and struggle for justice and for their rights. He was a champion of his people. He had the courage and the determination to take a stand against the system that was shaped to degrade and diminish their humanity. All of us, of us who met Clyde were deeply impressed by his commitment to his activism. In the 1990s, he helped organise marches against the use of Indian mascot names by US sports teams. Native people and many others long regarded these names as racial slurs. And two years ago, against the backdrop of widespread protests and civil unrest over the killing by police of African Americans, the Washington Redskins announced that the Redskins was to be dropped from their name. And speaking at that time, Clyde said, Black lives matter and Indian lives matter. Sadly, he won't be here for the culmination of this one part of his story when the Washington team announced their new brand name in the near future. So to Glade's wife Peggy and his daughters Susan and Tanya, his sons Little Crow and Wolf and his many grandchildren and great-grandchildren, I extend my condolences and the condolences of Irish Republicans. And let's go out this week with Floyd, Red Crow, Westerman and his rendition, the song that he wrote, They Didn't Listen. Slana Karja, Chiefy Mace Gipsha, Arish, Gunyuri and Ta Libsha Gulyar. I told them not to dig for coal Or if they did the eagle would die They didn't listen They didn't listen They didn't listen To me And I told them if the eagle died There would be no keeper of the land They didn't listen They didn't listen They didn't listen To me And if there was no keeper of the land Machine would come and soon destroy the sky They didn't listen They didn't listen They didn't listen to me 
And I told them if they destroyed the land Man would have to move into the sea They didn't listen They didn't listen They didn't listen And I told them if they destroyed the sea They didn't listen 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 They didn't listen